Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy, and today's guest speakers are Brian and Renee Webb. Brian is an author and speaker. He has written three books, Sons of Cannibals, Hungry Devils, and Mrs. Mackenzie's Candle, all based on his experiences with his family as a missionary, and these books will rock you. Brian and Renee Webb have served as missionaries with Assembly of God World Missions for 24 years with their four amazing children, the majority of the time in the Republic of Vanuatu, where their ministry focused on pioneer evangelism and church planting. Currently, they serve as area directors for Pacific Oceana with Assemblies of God, World Missions, and oversee a fantastic team of missionaries serving across the 23 nations of the Pacific. In this episode, we talk about Mrs. McKenzie's Candle. It was written through the eyes of a preteen of these experiences that he had while he was on the island of Vanuatu. Here's a little excerpt. Ready for adventure in a tropical paradise? Join Caleb and Anna as they visit a remote tribe in Vanuatu on a family mission trip. Together, you'll make amazing friends, learn about new cultures and customs, and experience the challenges and the adventures of island missions. As they travel toward the historic home site of pioneer missionaries Jay Noble and Maggie McKenzie, they're captivated by the story of the tribe's incredible transformation that started with the miracle of Mrs. McKenzie's candle. But can one candle really change the world? Mrs. McKenzie's Candle is a thrilling adventure in learning about missions history, geography, and the culture of Vanuatu, God's heart for those without the gospel, and the light we can all shine in the darkness. So go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper, because you're not going to want to miss what Brian and Renee Webb have to say. Let's get into the podcast. Every Thursday, I have Teacher Talk Thursdays, where I talk about practical things to help you save money on curriculum and create units yourself easy and quickly with things that you already have. Also, I will be holding a lesson planning masterclass on October 15th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The first 100 people will get it for $25 along with two one-week science lessons after the masterclass. Register below and I will see you on October 15th. Today, we have Brian and Renee Webb. 
They are the authors of The Adventures of Caleb and Anna.com. And you can also go on the website, brianweb.org. Brian, Renee, say hello to our guests and tell us one misconception you feel most have about homeschooling. Hey guys. Man, it's uh, it's great to have this opportunity to talk with you. So thanks for that, first of all. I think one of the big things about homeschooling is people just feel overwhelmed and feel like it's impossible. I can't do this. Renee has homeschooled our four kids. So we've had three that have gone into college after graduating. Our youngest, Eli, is in 10th grade. And I think a lot of times parents just get overwhelmed. They feel locked in maybe to a particular system. That system may or may not fit kids learning styles. And let's be honest, teaching kids is always the challenge. Like there's moods, there's hormones, there's all this sort of good stuff. (laughs) But what you've got to know is you can do this. When I was first thinking about homeschooling, it seemed like an overwhelming thing to me and I didn't think I could do it, but it creates such a wonderful atmosphere in your home. You get to place Christian and other values that you want your children to know and have in their lives and forms great relationships in the family. Yeah, it really does. Sometimes the atmosphere, okay, let's be honest. Sometimes the atmosphere may be a little chaotic, (laughs) but it's how close you get to your kids. It's those relationships that are just so valued for us. Absolutely. And you guys have such a full life. You guys travel, you do so many different things and you have such a powerful testimony apart from your curriculum that you have. And it's your testimony and your life that actually gave rise to the way you wrote your curriculum. Can you talk more about that? Sure. Renee and I have served as missionaries in the South Pacific for 25 years. And most of that in the Republic of Vanuatu. Our ministry was pioneer evangelism, church planting among unreached tribes. So we're talking literally communities, tribes that were like at a Stone Age level. Many times, one generation or less away from a cannibalistic lifestyle. And so to go in and to plant those first churches, it's just been an incredible privilege. Kind of almost therapeutic for me in all of this was writing. And so I began to write just the stories and the iconic or really unusual things that would happen to us. And so those stories came into a couple of books. The first is called Hungry Devils and Other Tales from Vanuatu. The second is called uh, The Sons of Cannibals, where the each one of these are like 50 stories. And the key story in The Sons of Cannibals was a day that two villages that one generation ago were fighting and killing one another came together and helped me build a church in a third village. And it's just phenomenal that I had the sons of cannibals there with me, helping me establish. That's the power of the gospel. Well, I had this uh, 14-year-old nephew He said, Uncle Brian, would you write a story for me? So, you know, I've written these stories, but they're definitely more adult themed, right? Sons of Cannibals, Hungry Dove. But he said, would you write a story for me? So I began to just try to write out. Of course, he was a 14-year-old. He had a younger sister. So Caleb's 14, Anna is is 12. And so I, I began to try to write out this story to help him see our world, but through a child's eyes. And as I got into writing that, first of all, I realized I can't write one. 
So I, I started off writing about Vanuatu and Vanuatu is just, it's our home. We've been there 20 years, but I realized I can't write one. I've had the privilege to travel the world, all five continents, dozens of countries, and to get to know so many different cultures and places. And I thought, I got to take Caleb and Anna to these other places. So I started kind of riffing off of Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew, where they had a different adventure every summer, but they never grew up. Like 20 high school vacations, but they never graduated. And it's like, okay, I can do this with Caleb and Anna. So cool. They can go with mom and dad on a missions adventure every summer and they can learn about different geography. They can learn about culture. They can learn about God's mission for the church. They can see that diversity of the world all through the eyes of Caleb and Anna. So that's how the book came into being. The first book is called Mrs. McKenzie's Candle. And it is set in Vanuatu. It's great, great little children's story. The next one, Caleb and Anna right now are in Taiwan. And so I am writing out that story. And the name of that story is called The Street of Three Holes. Now, I know you don't do things by accident. Yeah. I know that for a fact. So that name, what was it? Mrs. Mrs. McKenzie's Candle. Yeah. How did that name come about? Well, there's this great story over on the west coast of Santo. The the first missionaries to ever go to that part of Santo. Santo's the island we live on, by the way. It was Mr. and Mrs. McKenzie. And they picked out this place they wanted to live at Hakua. I know y'all know exactly where Hakua is. And Hakua's got this beautiful little natural harbor, gorgeous natural harbor. And then it's got a mountain that sits above it. And McKenzie's idea was have a good harbor for mission ships coming in, but he could be on the mountaintop so he could see them and also be more secure. So when he arrived with his wife, he had all his household materials, one of which was a huge cast iron tank. And it was a water tank. And he talked to the local chief and having the men carry the tank to the top i'm giving away a little bit of the story here but you carry the tank to the top don't let your kids listen to this okay (laughs) just this is just for mom to know and so the the men as they're carrying the tank up to the top of the hill they start saying to the chief look why are we spending all this time and energy doing this why don't we just kill them and eat them and the chief said look we don't know maybe they've got some kind of power we don't know about or so let's play it safe let's wait till they go to sleep and when they go to sleep you can kill them And then tomorrow we'll eat them. Well, they got them all moved up to the top of the hill. They hid in the bushes. So it's like one of the great grandsons that's telling me this story. They hid in the bushes and (laughs) they had never seen a candle before. So Mrs. McKenzie, before they go to sleep, lights a candle. And the guys hiding the bushes saw the glow of that candle. And they interpreted that as the cooking fire was still burning. So they're not asleep yet. Finally, they got exhausted, went to sleep. That story repeated itself over and over until during, while they were waiting for the opportunity to kill them, some of them came to faith in Jesus Christ. And then, so it really was Mrs. McKenzie's candle that changed that part of the world. And so what I have in the book is I've, I've got one of the great grandsons of one of those men telling Caleb and Anna find a dark place in the world, light a candle. Wow. That's what we want kids to do. We want kids to be inspired by this, to find that dark corner of the world and to to light a candle. That's amazing. That's a powerful story. I remember when you first told me, I was like, 
Oh my goodness. I mean, just the power of a candle. And I really do believe it was the Lord probably just protecting them and yeah. doing that and gave them enough time yeah. to be able it's, to minister so, the word. It's amazing. <laughs> it is It is absolutely incredible. And it's one of those stories that's so crazy that it has to be true. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like, it's so yes. improbable. Who would ever think that lighting a candle would save your life? Because the tragedy is that Mrs. McKenzie, ultimately, she had malaria and she passed away and she's buried there. But they have her grave. It's like a memorial because they planted churches all up and down. The whole tribe was one to faith because of, of Mr. and Mrs. McKenzie. And so great inspiration. And it's so awesome that you guys have been able to memorialize that and make a book out of it in a curriculum where kids can go and mm. actually be part of it. And I love the fact that you put it through your nieces and nephews eyes so like not only when they read it are they like oh my god it's me you know what i mean like that's just a cool aspect all in itself but then you have other kids who are around their age who just are like gravitating to it because they're like wow this is so cool kudos on you you know you guys that's amazing that's super fantastic now in your curriculum what do you target you're talking about your stories and everything but you have some like hidden gems in there of like culture and geography how do you kind of like intertwine that so we built a stand beside curriculum, like a packet. So a workbook that is the kid reads through the book. They can also be going through this workbook. Our vision behind that, our dream is that kids' eyes would be open. They would see the broader world, right? We want them, we do want to go back to culture, geography, God's mission for the church. If you're the kind of parent that wants your kids to get those things, then I think you'll find this series and the workbooks to be just really useful. It's story-based. The story draws the kids in. And then once they're drawn in, we've got middle grade appropriate math. We've got spelling, problem solving, Bible memory. We've got opportunities for art. We've got biology based on the plants and the animals that we mentioned in the book. We even have a brief introduction to the language and we're not there. So I always hate to promise before, but one of the things we're going to have is audio clips on the website oh. where the kids can hear a, a native speaker oh. speaking in those words so that they can hear the sound. So it's not just words on a page. So we want kids to be able to look inside another part of the world. Yeah. Culture fascinates me. And, you know, these different places and life is so different different and we want kids to be hey you can read a book and in your mind you can go there yeah. yeah totally oh my gosh i feel like when i was a teenager i used to like to read when i was younger and then i got caught up in the wrong crowd i did i was in the public school system and i got mm -hmm. around the cool crowd one girl was like i hate reading and i was like yeah me too you know but i really didn't i loved reading actually i, I used to really really enjoy reading but i wanted to be cool you know and it's not until like literally so many years later, now I'm in my 40s, that I made myself get back into books. And I literally prayed. I was like, Lord, I want, because I was reading somewhere. My Actually, my husband read in Harvard Business Insider that, you know, some of the most successful people in the world were voracious readers. That the word voracious just stuck to me to the core. And I was like, I think of somebody who's like, devouring and I don't feel that 
was like, I do not feel that whatsoever. So I started praying. I was like, Lord, bring in me the desire again to be a voracious reader. And then that year, I went from reading no books to two books that year, which was a big deal. And the next year, I read a book a month. And then I got to a book a week. But it took time. It took three mm -hmm. years to get there. But let me tell you, I love reading now and I am a voracious reader. So well, I've got a few books I'd recommend then. There's this yeah. one called Hungry Devils and Other Tales from Vanuatu. And the <laughs> other one's called The Sons of Cannibals. I know you'll love them. Yeah. <laughs> Those are actually on my book list. <laughs> they, great, great. they are. I, I already have them, them down. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're gonna be amazing. Oh, that is so awesome. So have you heard any stories of like parents actually reading the curriculum with their kids and just being really interested in like, well, what's the behind the scenes story? Do parents get into this too? Yeah, and I really like they'll message me on Facebook or they'll post on Facebook about it. And I love seeing what they have to say and hearing the kids' excitement. I think the highlight coming up to right now is this this one little girl that read the book and her mom used it for her to do a book review. And she gave me five and a half stars, which hey, how can you beat five and a half stars? You know? But it's a full book report. But my favorite line was, Now I will go to the places, places I never heard about before. And I'll be honest with you, I can hardly read that without crying because, you know, Jesus asked us to pray the Lord of the harvest, that he would send labors in the harvest field. And calling is a lot of times it flows through information. So the Holy Spirit works with the information that we have in our lives. And it's true. A lot of the places where we desperately need the gospel to go today, people in America don't know about them. And you can't go to a place that you don't know about. So if I can just help some of these kids know about the forgotten places of the world and inspire them to go, then that will achieve everything that we want to achieve with this series. Wow. So you guys are right now in another country. In no, we are right now outside of Boston, Massachusetts. We, <laughs> we, are, uh, <laughs> we are. I love it. I we go are there. COVID refugees. <laughs> it's a long story. I don't yeah. want to go there. Yeah. In <laughs> um, about a month and a half, we are back home in Vanuatu. Got it. So you guys raised your kids there? Yeah. Whoa, what was that like raising your children in that part of the country? It was great. All of our kids would say they loved the experience. Those that have grown up, they love visiting again. They have one chance each, but I do love it. Now I'm thinking Brian was the pioneer bringing you guys over there. Am I right? Well, we moved over together. We okay, moved okay. over side unseen. So we That's went over right. our oldest daughter was four, four and then our son was three. The other two were not born yet. And we just moved over side unseen. We just packed up some suitcases and flew to the far side of the world. Fit perfect. <laughs> Fit perfect. Like we got there and we're like, okay, God made a home for us. And, you know, much of our ministry, we lived in a little thatch hut. And so we had a home. We always had a home. There's a little town in, in Bonawatu called Luganville, about five, 6,000 people. We've always had a home in Luganville. But then we would go out and spend weeks or longer out in the village. And so we'd be in a little thatch hut, dirt floor, take our bath in the river. Renee do laundry in the river, just like the local village ladies use the outhouse. None of us ever liked the outhouse, but <laughs> that's a whole nother. I got a great outhouse story, but we'll leave that uh -huh. one for another time. Oh, darn. But, uh, <laughs> uh, our kids were never happier mm. than when we were out in that village. In village. And, and there would be days, there's no lighting in that little thatch hut. 
So there's days we had these camping chairs and Renee and the kids are in camping chairs in front of the thatch hut and she's teaching them. And there's no schools in these places where we're at. And so it'd be 30 or 40 little village kids, you know, sitting cross-legged on the ground all around her or squatting and just watching, sit there all day long and just watch Renee <laughs> teach our kids because they're like, what is this? You know, what? Yeah. what's the language over there? So we have 120 languages in Vanuatu. Oh. 120 languages. We use Bishlama as a trade language. So if you were to take a big pot and pour in English and French and all 120 languages and stir it up and then pour it out and set it to a Melanesian grammar, that's Bishlama. And if the kids read Mrs. McKenzie's candle, they'll get an introduction to Bishlama because Caleb and Anna, as they interact with their friends, their friends are speaking to them in Bishlama. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty neat. Wow. That is so cool. I'm just so fascinated by the life in, in Vanuatu. I really, really am. I'm not going to lie to you. And I know that one story between the, the sons of cannibals, that's such a powerful story. But can you give us another one more story of, okay. over there? Okay. Yeah. So let me let me give you a story. This is... <laughs> This, I was down in a, a little village in South Tana called Irrawangan. And what we were trying to do is, is plant a church. So I was doing a crusade. If you can imagine, kind of like an open air evangelistic crusade in places without electricity, where there's no entertainment options, that form of evangelism still works really well. So, you know, we'd fire up a generator and, and light up a stage and have songs. And then I'd preach. And they had me and about 20 pastors sleeping in this little tin shack. And the shack, came equipped with rats. The rats are about the size of cats. And so what happens is as you're sleeping at night, the rats get up in the rafters above your head and they fight. And then the loser falls. And so you're laying there sound asleep, you know, one or two o'clock in the morning and this cat-sized rat slaps the concrete beside you. And of course it wakes you up. Then there's a Then there's a room that you need to visit, right? And so here I am, I'm drunk with sleep. I'm stumbling my way across 20 pastors trying to get to the door. I, I catch a leg here, a foot here, you know, I, hopefully nobody's head. And I get to the door because then, you know, I'm awake in the middle of the night. There's a room I need to use, right? And the room is an outhouse. And the outhouse is about 50 feet away from the shack. And I don't know how much experience you've got with outhouses. Okay. When I, I was a little kid, I used to live in Puerto Rico and my grandmother had an outhouse. There you go. There you go. So, so there's three rules, really, that you need to know about an outhouse. The first one is you sing as you go. We don't have doors to our outhouses. There's a curtain there. If, if you know, people sometimes use that curtain when they forget their paper. So we call it a weighted curtain, right? And so, so, so you sing your song. And if somebody joins you on the chorus, you just turn around and head back to the house and wait until they leave the outhouse. So you sing as you go. The second room you exercise light discipline. So you use your flashlight to get to the outhouse, but not for in the outhouse. And, and the reason is there's thousands of four-inch cockroaches that, cockroaches that live down there in that pit. If your light hits the hole, they come swarming up out of the abyss and they just cover the seat and everything. <laughs> and so then it's impossible to sit down and take care of business because you're just getting these sensations, right? So it's a bad idea. So your light is never shown in the outhouse. And then the third thing is the prayer. You know, I, I got it down to almost to a mantra. I'm like, I'm like, oh God, sanctify this toilet seat. All right. So here I am 
two o'clock in the morning. It's pouring rain. I got my toilet paper tucked underneath my arm. I got a flashlight. I start running through the rain. I'm singing my song. Nobody joins me on the chorus. So I know it's good. You know, I turn off my flashlight when I get to the outhouse. Right. And then I put my flashlight in my mouth because I need both hands free. And then over my flashlight, I'm mumbling, oh, God, sanctify this toilet. And I go and I sit down on that wooden throne. And then when I sit down on that throne, I feel something. And it's warm. And it's hairy. And it's all down the length of my thigh. And if you want to know what was in the outhouse, you're going to have to buy a copy of my books. Oh, boom. <laughs> you did ask for another story. So. Good job. that Thank you Because you, you had me at the seat of my, I was there. there. I was like at yeah. the edge. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. what is this? Oh my goodness. Ah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I might have to like so, up so, my. You know, somebody can go to Amazon. Yeah. They can go to brianweb.org. I'd prefer oh you buy it from brianweb.org. Okay. But, uh, and, and they can buy a copy. Or if they, you know, if they want the Kindle, they can go to Amazon and grab the Kindle copy. Hungry mm. Devils, Sons of Cannibals. That's where you're going to find stories like Mrs. Just... McKenzie's Candle. Really the best place to find that is the adventures of Caleb and Anna.com. That is Mrs. McKenzie's Candle and the homeschool packet. That's the adventures of Caleb and Anna.com. And I'll tell you what, I will give any of your listeners 50% off. So they simply, when they go to checkout, they enter in the, the homeschool advantage. And if they enter in the homeschool advantage, then they'll get 50% off of Mrs. McKenzie's candle or the homeschool packet or both. Is it all caps or it just doesn't matter how you type it in? You know, uh, actually the way it's set up at the, the start of each, it's all one word, but the start of each word is capitalized. So the homeschool advantage. Yeah. That would be Perfect. Great. Awesome. Wow. All right, I was going to say there was the call to action, but you did it. You guys there. But as we're wrapping this up, what is one big takeaway? I mean, I have a hundred of them from you. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. This is probably, you guys are the most fun life ever. And, you know, I just want to say one thing. It's like, you guys just took that risk. You went for it. Mm. You didn't, mm. you didn't stop and think about X, Y, and Z. You were like, you know, God's call us. Let's go. Let's do it. Pack up. Boom. And you went and your children have had an amazing life. You've been able to share your story with the world and you're continuing to do that. And you're having a new one. And, you know, your faith must be up the roof because you probably have seen things that we can find in the book. Guys, I'm getting this book. I'm getting this book. <laughs> oh my gosh. I may do a review on it. Oh my, I might be there like, you go. There all you right. Go. Uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's going to be powerful. So I'm super excited about it. And, but what is one big takeaway, our whole conversation here today that you want to leave with parents when they log off, they go off the podcast, they're left with this one big takeaway. I think that the kids have a natural sense of wonder. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing of how kids see the world is they see the incredibleness of the world. They have that sense of wonder. And then one of the roles that we have as a parent, especially if we're a homeschooling parent, is to continue to find things that will inspire that sense of wonder and keep it fresh. And, you know, there's a lot of really great resources out there that you can do that. But I would say as a mom or a dad of homeschoolers, kind of have that on your horizon. Yes, we want, you know, reading and writing and arithmetic, but we want, God made this incredible world, yeah. incredibly diverse cultures with us, so many amazing things. And we want to preserve that sense of wonder for our kids. That 
is beautiful. Drop the mic. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming on the podcast and just sharing your amazing experiences, testimonies, and all your resources. I'm just fired up. I hang up the phone with you guys. And I'm fired up on this podcast. I'm fired up. You know, it's like really cool. I'm also going to go to a barbecue after this. I'm going to tell everyone about your book. So you might have like a little bit of an uptick going on. That would be great. Awesome. Well, it was so great being with you guys. Oh, great. It's great being with you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, Follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.